Welcome back to another episode of Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And in today's episode, we are kicking off our April series with a genre I think we can all agree is bringing us a lot of comfort right now at a point of uncertainty. YA. There's something so special about young adult, whether it's the memories we hold to certain books or the nostalgia it brings to the surface. It's one of those genres, or I guess, I don't know if it's like really a genre as much as it is like a um, category of books uh, that we just can't get enough of. But it's changed a lot over the years, and that's something we're kind of excited diving into about when YA became a tag on books, how it's changed um, in recent years, and what YA we really enjoy. Yeah, when we think of YA, we think of books for young adults and stories that are focused on the high school years mainly. So the genre, or I guess the tag, um, was meant for people of similar ages to the characters. But in the last few years, the YA genre um, is attached to books with protagonists who are around or between the ages of 13 to like 21-ish. Um, So even though there are a lot of books that are still written and marketed for teens, there are a lot of adults reading them too. Yeah, and I found that super interesting because if you think about what you read in school, like when you were in high school, there are a lot of – I always thought about YA as being books that are marketed. They're about teens for teens, like like you just said, Phoebe. Um, But there are a lot of books that we read in high school, classics, that – um, you read in high school, so for teens and about teens, but they weren't never classified as YA. So I looked into it a little bit, and um, it's considered a category, and it first became used in the late 1960s to specifically refer to realistic fiction, so not like fantasy, otherworldly, you know, stuff like that, but contemporary realistic fiction that addressed problems and issues of interest to young readers like around like Mm -hmm. 13 to 18 um but they weren't ever like tagged as that so like a book that comes to my mind is like catcher in the rye that seems classic ya if you think about it i'm named for catcher in the rye you what i'm named for catcher in the rye are you really yeah because oh Phoebe means shining in Greek. Um, And so the point of Phoebe from Catcher in the Rye is that she's like the one bright spot in Holden's life. And my my mom's mother passed away like two or three months before I was born. Um, And she was struggling with losing her mom. And she said that I was her light. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That yeah. is the sweetest story I've ever heard. Um, yeah, so Catcher in the Rye, when I finally read it in high school, it was um, I, it has a special place in my heart. I just love that story. Yeah, and then like to just think about other books that we read in high school that like were geared, had a younger protagonist, um, like... Oh, Native Son. Native Son is a really good example. Did you read that? No, I don't think so. I feel like you would like that too because it's very um, – I'm trying to think of like what would be a good uh, comparison. It's kind of like crawdads. Like if I were okay. to if I were to be comparing the two, they're, they're very different 
in like every way but the um way that the novel is structured is similar so it's told in three parts and the third part of native son is a trial that takes place because of um this boy and the circumstances that he found himself in like led him to take certain actions that he's now on the stand for and so that's it's very reminiscent of uh or i guess crawdads is very reminiscent of that pattern of like kaya and did you read did you read crawdads no oh my god i'm crawdads just talking more, oh. I, wait didn't we talk about this already once before i'm really i tried it on audio and okay. i i think i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but i talk about it very frequently on instagram where i have a hard time listening to fiction on audio um, I think it's yeah, just yeah. like I think a lot of people feel that way. We use audiobooks mainly for nonfiction and memoir because it it feels more personal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think because we all imagine stories in our head differently. And you said that the audio was really really good for crawdads. I did think the audio was really good, but I but but you know I'm weird and I listen to the audio at the same time I'm reading the book, so yeah. I was able to stay focused. I liked the – I did really like the audio, but I – I think it I, wasn't even that I couldn't stay focused. I think whatever hard book – like hard copy of a book I was reading at the same time was just way more interesting. And I used yeah. it – I had it through um, my library. I used Overdrive through the New York Public Library. And um, you can get like ebooks and audiobooks for free that way. And it's really great because then you don't have to make – like if your library like in your neighborhood is not like my, um, my old apartment, my – library branch was the opposite way from when I would get off or on the train from my apartment Mm -hmm. so it was always like oh my god I have to go return my books to the library (laughs) and it was like I had to go out of my way to do it so using overdrive was great and I so I think whatever I think I I had to return it and I never got it again um but I think I have a Libro FM credit so maybe I'll right now I've been especially like with my focus issues I've really been leaning on audiobooks during this time so maybe I will give it another try maybe I definitely think you should give it another try I'm trying to figure out whether or not now would be I would I would say probably now is not the best time for it because it is heavy you know there's a lot it's not really I'm like I've definitely been more in the camp of sticking to escapism right now and I think that's why this series honestly was was planned to happen in April anyways but it's a perfect time because I think one of the things I love about uh, young adult which none of the books we were just talking about are, are young adult <laughs> but but to get us back to there one of the things I really do love about young adult is is that it feels like the ultimate escapism because the issues good YA in my mind um, are books that when you're when you're in that age group and you're reading them you just feel like yes this is it I feel very understood and then even when you're older than that age group you feel that nostalgia or you feel like yes this is how I felt when I was that age or this is how I I wish I had this book when I was that age and it kind of just like I think it's because good YA um makes you forget about the bigger problems in the world and you're only focusing on the little problems that feel so big yes, when you're a teenager. That is exactly why I love the To All the Boys I Love Before books so yes. many times because like or so much because I remember when I first read it, the um the I I think in all of my reviews I say like the writing is nothing revolutionary and it is like I guess it's sort of written like Lara Jean's 
journal, but like Jenny Han never diminishes Lara Jean's feelings and never like it's when you experience stuff when you're 16 years old, like you feel those things so wholeheartedly and they are your entire world. Like you, and there's nothing wrong with not having the perspective of the world when you're 16. Like I grew up in a very blessed childhood. I'm really lucky with how my parents were able to provide for my siblings and I, and like we, uh, I, I learned a lot as when I grew up, but, like, at the time, like, I remember, like, the boyfriend issues and, like, studying for tests and, like, social. They seem uh, huge. Like, yes, because they should be because you mm-hmm. should, like, I'm a, I mean, I really am a firm believer that when you're young, you should not be worried about the state of the world because you have your entire life to worry about the state of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, like, like, now, like, we're all dealing with disappointments and like the kids who are not going to walk at their high school graduation. Like you look back and you're like, Oh, my high school graduation. Like it was such a small day, but that day at the time, like you have very few moments in time that are all about you. Um, yeah. And I think I love returning to YA as an adult because it's almost like I, my feelings from when I was 16 are validated. But I was like, ah, oh, yes, I was not the only kid feeling this way. Um, yeah. It's kind of like my why I love the Enneagram so much. You feel yeah. like you're like when, when Jenny Hong can just put into words exactly how you're feeling, you're like, yes, this is what I was – What this is how exactly I felt. And I think that, you know, that's very true for true just YA, contemporary YA, right, which is I think what we think of when we think of YA. But – because it's also just, you know, a category that can then be tied to different genres. You've got YA fantasy, YA crime, thriller, um, whatever, like, you know, YA historical fiction. Like, you can, dystopian you can pair fiction. them all together. <laughs> just YA dystopian. Like, we've got – I'm trying to think of books that have just come out recently that are categorized as YA that people our age are reading. And it's a question of, like um, – Oh, there's so many. Like, Frankly in Love. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, Lovely War. Oh, Lovely War. I, I still have to get to that. And I know it's going to be so good. Um, yeah. I mean, I will do my very best not to mention, like, Peter Kavinsky at every opportunity. I mean, it's fine. It's um, fine. Hey, Peter. <laughs> or, or, hey, Noah. <laughs> You're here. <laughs> we have a special guest. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I could never. Oh. I, I could never. Um Noah, if you're listening. I think I, like, I relate to Lara Jean a lot because she, I think she's like an old soul. And so being an old soul in a YA novel, I think gives, like, the reader that kind of hindsight. Um, Yeah. And especially if you're reading it when you are that age. Um, But something she talks a lot about in the third book, which I know you've not read yet. um, I'm sorry. So bad. She talks about um, she has this anxiety over over putting a like a perfect bow on her high school experience, and that's something that I struggled with a lot, and I definitely let go of in college. But like there are the, like the I love in YA when there is a very good romance, but it's sort of the the priority of the romance shifts from between two people to being like a sing like the like a character growth 
for one of the parties or both of the parties. Um, yeah. I think it's just a really unique element that we get to see and we don't really see it all that often. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like I, some of my favorite, uh, books that I read when I was a teenager and I'm currently rereading now, um, was the Gallagher Girl series by, um, Allie Carter. And the first book is I Tell You I Love You, But Then I'd Have to Kill You. Um, they all have really <laughs> fun titles. Like there's ones like, uh, Only the Good Spy Young and, um, Are they like, do they have like mystery to them? So they are, um, it's like Harry Potter spy school. I remember loving it because it was such a like girl power series and rereading it as an adult. I'm like, I don't even know how much this shaped me to who of like to who I am today just by reading those words. Because the first book came out in 2006 and the last book came out in 2013. There's six books and I read them from 2006 to 2013 and uh, I I just I've always loved it and I um I really connected with the main character I think what I remember the most about reading when I was a teenager was that like can't eat can't sleep like just need to consume this book can't think about anything else mm-hmm. that feeling like I remember being on my bed with my lime green comforter staring up at my skylight just like (laughs) reading like (laughs) Sarah Dessen is that how you say it yeah I never read Sarah Dessen until um last summer but I just remember like I had all of her books um I'm trying to think of what other ones like I I just always was I was such a reader at that point and I think it's because you know, it was definitely reading has always been an escapism for me. And I don't think I like knew that that's what I was doing when I was younger. But mm-hmm. I definitely know that that's, you know, looking back on it, I, I thought, you know, reading is, was definitely an outlet for me in a lot of ways. And it was because I always wanted these like love stories. As you said all that, which I think is kind of interesting. When I was a teenager, I really didn't read the ro- like YA romance. I was really into... um Obviously Harry Potter, but I don't think that's classified as YA. Yeah, that's middle middle grade. Um, but uh, like, I read Twilight. Like, I loved um, Divergent by Veronica Roth. Um, yeah, I read that actually as a adult. I was more drawn into like I think I read more contemporary books now that are like real everyday situations. Than mm-hmm. I did when I was younger. I read a lot more fantasy, and um, I don't know if that's because like I guess my, that's ima- true. my imagination was different, or like I didn't have like a crazy like high school experience. Um, I think I had crazier <laughs> than some, but I like I didn't have like um, I wouldn't say I had like a great love in high school. So it was like unrelatable although you met your husband in high school so I'm just laughing because I just I just know I mentioned last episode how I said I was gonna go grab my diary (laughs) and read some excerpts from it because I'm telling you guys that is that is some solid solid YA content in there like solid I want you know that's gonna be my project I want to write a book based off of your diary (laughs) no It'd be like, okay, 
can't say. I can't say what I want to say because I know my mom is going to listen to this <laughs> podcast. Only Ashley's oh, mom. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, that you you could have a lot of content there to, to write about. I don't know. But uh, if I ever need to uh, know if a book is YA, Kaylee at Literary Penguins, <laughs> I can always count yeah. on her to inform me. Like I, oh didn't, my gosh. I didn't know that the Grace Year was YA. Well, the Grace Year is one that I, I seriously do think was is miscategorized as Sarah J. Moss is also in my opinion. But well, Sarah J. Moss ends up in the young adult sections of the library because it's not adult, it's new adult, and right so technically it's marketed at a younger generation or younger demographic than adult um but (laughs) let me just tell you i know throne of glass starts out young adult like the first two books are young adult and then it transitions to new adult so they put the whole series in a lot of libraries in the young adult section but it Mm -hmm. is definitely content not young adult as long as something is not i think damaging i think it's YA oper- uh, provides the opportunity for young people to learn about something that maybe they're not comfortable discussing with the adults in their lives. Um, That's true. So, but I think a book like The Grace Year Now is one that is classified as YA because our protagonist is of that demographic. Mm-hmm. And these are girls that are 16 years old. But what they go through is very it's graphic world it's graphic it's very graphic so i think that that one needs strong content warnings because depending on honestly for anybody an adult or a young adult but i think about like what's being talked about there and it is very serious i thought of another um ninth house is an adult novel but have you read ninth house no maybe i will now because yeah i think you lately yeah i'll send you my copy I think um, no, I have it. I own oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> Staring at me as we it speak in front of my. <laughs> um, but Lee Bardugo is that how you say her name? Lee Bardugo is a so so actually funny, funny, funny. You should mention this, Phoebe. So my first purchase of this month was a huge bookstore um, order because I really. I'm in a financial position where I can spend some money on books. So I wanted to make sure I just did like a whole huge load of, of books to support um, my indie right now. And so I bought every, I, I already owned Six of Crows, which is by Lee Bardugo. And then I bought the sequel to that. And then I heard that I'm supposed to, Kaylee told me, or many people told me that I'm supposed to read this other series by then, The Shadow and, I think it's like Shadow and Bone or something Oh, like I've that. heard that a lot. I'm supposed to read that. It's by the same It's by the same author, The Worlds Connect. So I should read that <gasps> first and then read Sixth of Crows. So oh, cool. basically I now own every single thing that Verdugo has um, written. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know how the YA goes. Well, I think one of my favorite parts of YA is like making correlation between a YA book and an adult book. um, Yes. To uh, like when people are asking like, oh, like I I love saying like, if you liked this, then you can read this. And um, Mm -hmm. just those we talk about, I'm really realizing how many like fantasy and like um, 
maybe not even fantasy. I guess I Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of my favorite <laughs> say, shows. Are you trying to get to that? <laughs> but no, I, well, I'm, I'm having a relation. There, there's a point here. Um, okay, okay. So how Buffy is like a real girl at a real high school, but there's like fantasy around her. Yes. I think that was definitely like my vibe <laughs> when I was a kid. Like I loved – like what you're trying to tell us is that you're also a vampire. I get it. Good noted. <laughs> no, Buffy's not a vampire. She's the vampire slayer. I'm the vampire oh, slayer. Sorry, my bad. I never um, watched Buffy. Uh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ooh, Buffy is the reason why I like between Angel from Buffy and Jess from Gilmore Girls. I have like that's why I, my type is my type. <laughs> I'm a like hardcore Veronica. Veronica Mars fan. I've like, never watched Veronica Mars. Oh my god. Alright, so read it or list it, takes it to the small screen. I watch Buffy, you watch Veronica Mars. Because when you were saying like about like her and why you like that, I'm like, that's exactly why I like Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars is timeless, except for the fact that they the technology is very not timeless that they okay. mentioned. Deal. But we'll do it. Okay. Um I mean like you have to love Kristen Bell. So how have you not I adore her. Uh, another thing that I found that I thought was actually really interesting when we talk about YA is we were kind of talking about how, like, there's been so many, like, there's been a surge in the YA genre. Mm-hmm. And it's because, well, according to this article that I'm reading from um, that was done by The Atlantic, that the size of that age group, the population, has increased dramatically between 1990 and 2000 the number of persons between 12 and 19 soared to 32 million a growth rate of 17 percent that significantly outpaced the growth of the rest of the population so there were more kids that age that they were looking for content and so it made like more sense from a business strategy whatever to like market more books towards kids our age we're growing like if that was the largest amount of kids like that were all grown around that time I mean obviously we have the baby boomers but like if the next surge was the millennials then uh like it makes sense that like there's books that are following us in our like demographic right and at that point in time we the internet was available and so they're all like fandoms started to form yes it was a much more like interactive like kids were reading books and then like so immersed in the worlds and the characters that they were going on the internet and writing fan fiction like i remember like ali carter's website um she was so active on it and like always was answering questions and creating forums and like was really interacting with her readers i mean obviously i understand like we're on the high end of that statistic like that's starting to get into gen z i just think it's interesting that we are included in that uh demographic even if we're on the very very early end of that um but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how, if we have any other surges or ebbs and flows of different age, target age ranges for books in the, in this decade, in this new decade. Um, but yeah, so I guess maybe we talk about our TBRs for this month that are YA focused. I think the only ones that I really have on my radar other than finishing the To All the Boys I Love Before series is Maureen Johnson's Truly Devious series. I'm really excited about that. What's that, on your TBR? Definitely A Study in Charlotte, which is 
conveniently YA and what what I what I chose for my blind date from Ashley. Um, but I actually I used to have the book of the month YA option and um, I have like four or five books um, that I need to read. Uh, that I have physical copies of, but Scribed uh, is offering a free 30-day trial. Um, it was sort of like their gift to everyone while the world is on fire. And there are so, so many of my old favorites on there. Um, so I have been rereading all of the Gallagher, Gallagher Girl books, obviously, um, but there's a couple more on there that I'm going to read, but I'm going to mention those in the pitch episode. Um and it's a great resource. So if you have um, an iPad and it's just an app, you can do it on your phone. Highly recommend it. Um, but I'm so the ones that I'm going to read are Yes, No, Maybe So um, by mm-hmm. Becky Abertali and someone else. Oh, I'm the worst at this. I'm sorry. Um, and then also When the Stars Lead to You, which I think is supposed to be like beautiful and wonderful. All of that sounds so great. I'm really excited to um, explore YA more, talk about, you know, the differences between YA and adult books, if there are any dispelling myths, etc. Um, I just think we've got a lot of content that we can cover here. And I'm really excited to get some good recommendations because I think right now we all need some good escapism. And like we kind of mentioned in the beginning, like I just think that YA provides that vehicle to do that. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We are looking forward to more in this series, pitching some of our favorite young adult books, and that is coming for you next week. If you haven't listened to a pitch episode before, Ashley and I have one minute to convince each other to read a book that is on our list. Um, This time, it will be all about our, our YA favorites. And for some reason, I'm like really extra nervous. (laughs) There's something that's so sentimental about all of my YA favorites that I feel like I'm going to take it personally if you think they're dumb. (laughs) And I feel like, I feel like you, I don't think anybody will. I think we're going to, I think we're going to get more people to be interested in wanting to pick up a book that either they've read a long time ago. They're like, yeah, I want to reread that. Or they're like, man, I missed that when I was younger and now I want to pick it up now. And I, yeah. I think right now is the perfect time to do that. Yeah. Um, as always, you can stop by our Instagram at ReaderListedPod to leave a comment on today's post with your thoughts on today's episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review and a rating as it's the best way to support Read It or List It. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Original music by Jake Thorne. Original artwork by Lindsay Huckabee. You can find Lindsay on Instagram at lindsaydrawsitagain or on Etsy at lindsaydrawsco. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistedpod. All rights reserved, 2020.